Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It's a Monday setting the tone for a whole nother week, and it's going to be a blazing one, it sounds like, across the nation. Are you ready? (laughs) It's going to be fun. And I'm trying to prepare myself for more heat, more melting, more global warming that's killing us all each and every day. Welcome into the show. Welcome aboard. Great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are broadcasting all over the place. Multiple radio stations, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Great to have you. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Bottom of the hour, we're going to play an interview from Lance Izumai, Pacific Research Institute. We had him on the weekend syndicated program as a wonderful guest, wonderful individual. We've had him on the show many times before. But he talked about the reversal of affirmative action from the Supreme Court of the United States, brought some really interesting perspective to that. So we're going to play that interview here in just a little bit. Uh, But other than that, man, hopefully you had a great weekend. Man, back at it again for a whole nother one. It goes by way too fast. Just when you finally get into the mode of relaxation on the weekend, then everything starts all over again. I will tell you, though, this is... uh, Can we say it's going to be a spoiler alert? Going to do the spoiling here on the program, so be be prepared for that. I highly encourage you not, not to go watch the Barbie movie. Don't take your children. Don't even go watch it yourself. It's not worth it. Complete waste of time. You've probably heard that from other uh, pundits as well, but uh, definitely don't want you to do that. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. So welcome into the show. You can find our podcast on The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier, any favorite podcasting site. You can find our video on TV, plus on OpsLens.com, and on their social media, plus our social media, which you can find at Hoosier Reason, and of course the website at HoosierReason.com. Daily check-in. we got to make sure Joe Biden's doing well. After another weekend, he's getting older by the day, and now he's got to have the easy ramp on to Air Force One and off of Air Force One, and he has to uh, scoot along by shuffling his feet day in and day out to go and speak at events where he still doesn't remember where he's at. Biden, you feeling all right, buddy? Feeling okay? Clear. I'm not going nuts. Just making sure, man. Making sure. Uh, who's uh, show of hands? Who's watched the Barbie movie? Don't do it. It is totally absurd. It is definitely absurd. Uh, so, little voice of reason is nine years old. She's about ready to go into the fourth grade. Hard to believe. I know. It's been a long haul to get her here, and it's flying by way too fast. She is um, she is the girliest of girls. So one positive thing is I do not have to worry about her feeling like a boy, feeling like she wants to do any of the ridiculous discussions that we have in society today. She has more Barbies than I think I've ever seen any other girl her age have. She still enjoys playing with them. She is very much a Barbie-esque individual, the girly girl. Her room is made of pink. She has the Barbie dream house that is like, I don't know, four foot tall in her room with massive amounts of rooms in it where Barbie has parties just about every day. She loves Barbie. She had seen the teaser and preview for Barbie just a couple weeks ago and knew the dates when it was coming out, ready to go see it. Mom, Dad, we are going to see Barbie. All right. 
We go and see Barbie on Saturday. We do our nationally syndicated program, and then we go and take her to go see Barbie. Now, this is prior to us realizing that Barbie is a PG-13 movie, but even being a PG-13 movie was not recommended for even 13-year-olds. We'll just put it that way. A little voice of reason, being nine, you know what, she's close with adult supervision. She can go and see a PG-13. She's seen some PG-13 movies, and most of them are fine. Not a big deal at all. We can deal with it. We can hang out. We can either it'll just completely go over her head or we can explain stuff to her. This movie, to try and put it into, and again, I'm going to give you some spoiler alerts here. So if you plan on watching it, I encourage you not to do so. But if you plan on it, then you can go ahead and flip away for just a couple of minutes while we explain why I'm giving it the rating that it's getting, where it's going to be a half of a Barbie doll leg. That's how that's how little we're going to give this. Out of five Barbies, we're going to give it a half a leg because that's how terrible this is. Uh, for those, that, again, that don't want to get the spoiler alert here, you can turn away for just a moment. The basis of the movie was built on the ongoing or the continuation of the pink hat-wearing radical feminists in this nation who think that all men are the most evil human beings on the face of the earth and have ultra-masculinity just for existing and wanting to be attracted to females in any way, shape, or form. That is the basis of this entire movie. It starts off with Barbie living her life, having a grand old time, waking up every day, smiling at the other Barbies, driving around, doing whatever she wants to do because she's Barbie, and she dominates the town in Barbie land, but wakes up one day feeling sad, having some depressed thoughts, thinking about death and pondering the afterlife. When she realizes that whoever's playing with her as the human in the real world may be having those same emotions and it's trickling down into her and therefore needs to go to the real world, to the human world, to try and save this person in order to make herself happy again. Again, I'm I'm telling you the storyline here so you don't need to waste your money because this is Hollywood where they are thinking this is going to be the box office savior for the summer during a Hollywood writer strike, during an actor guild strike, when them um ter- oh, with the box office numbers that have been terrible all year long. This one along with the Oppenheimer are the grace saving movies for Hollywood to get them through this strike and hopefully start building on some more and releasing some more movies into the fall time because they've had a horrible year so far, and this is one of the best summers or at least uh, best box office weekends that they've had all summer long. So this is the savior forcing people to go and see this garbage. As Barbie and Ken, who just kind of tagged along and jumped into the back of the car as she went into the real world, end up going into the human world, they realize that things are a little bit different. That men control the real world as opposed to Barbie land where it's all the Barbies. Now, I preface this by saying the Ken or Kens, the multiple Kens that are in the film, are the big dummies. They try to show off to the Barbies who pay no attention to them. They get into ridiculous fights. They do stupid things and fall down. They're the clumsy. They're the Homer Simpsons. They do clumsy things. They're stupid And they just chase the girls around when the girls give them zero attention in any way, shape, or form. Ken goes along with her to the real world and realizes that men dominate the real world, in which case he goes back to Barbie land. While Barbie's in the real world, he goes back to Barbie land and starts to take over and puts the Kens in charge. And by Kens in charge, meaning that they brainwash all the women to to wear very risque clothing and follow them around like a bunch of bimbos. 
they try to serenade them with a song that talks about abusing them and pushing them around. They really have no system of governance in any way, shape, or form and completely destroy the town of Barbie. So when Barbie gets back and realizes this, they have to take back the town from the evil, narcissistic um, men that just want to take advantage of the women. This is the basis of the movie. And in order to do so, they teach the girls who are watching this movie how to manipulate men by pretending that you're interested, letting them serenade you, letting them hit on you, and then going and hitting on and flirting with another guy to where they get jealous, in which sense it causes all the men to fight amongst each other while the women take back over Barbie land and keep them oppressed because they have no influence in the government of Barbie land. They're not allowed to have any influence, and they continue to just be the side pieces for the Barbies to go and have their girls' night and have the fun while the boys are just the dumb guys um, sitting around and beating each other up. This movie, again, was made by the pink hat-wearing radical militant feminists who believe that men are the most evil humans on the face of the earth just by existing. It kind of reminds me, if anybody remembers the cartoon Rapunzel, remember Rapunzel, who was the girl with the really long hair that was stuck up in the tower because the mom didn't want her to be part of society, and then the prince ends up riding into the woods and finds her, and they fall in love, and then the witch was actually the girl, the woman who stole Rapunzel from the king and queen early on in childhood, and so on and so forth. Uh, That is the basis of this. It was the Rapunzel mom that wrote this story who may have had some uh, type of hurt or traumatic event in their life and now thinks that any man out there is the most evil person on the face of the earth, and therefore you need to stay away from them completely, and how society would have run so much better if there were zero men at all because of how easily manipulative we are and how stupid we are in society. That's the movie. That's that's the basis right there. That's the entire story. Now, here's the thing, and here's the weird part about it, is that it's a PG-13 movie, meaning that really children under 13 shouldn't see it. When did children stop playing with Barbies? Usually they stop playing with Barbies around the age of 10 to 13 because they kind of grow out of it. They start getting into new cool things and therefore they, the Barbie just kind of fades away. Meaning it's not for the children that are actually excited about seeing Barbie because they're currently playing with Barbies. It's more of a nostalgic movie for the kids or adults who used to play with Barbie as a women's empowerment thing. And we're all for women empowerment. Women need to have the same equal rights. Women need to have the same equal say. And women need to be standing side along men. Because guess what? In society, the way a proper society works is when men and women work together. The yin and the yang. The positive and negative energies. The two sides, the feminine and the masculine, working together to be united as a whole, not having a domination of one side or the other. That's the way it should be. But this movie, who's appealing to the older women who have a grudge on their shoulder that probably wear the pink hats or are just angry at the world, or the very impressionable teenagers who are just coming out of their Barbie phase, teaching them that they don't need to go after a guy in any way, shape, or form, and... How to manipulate men to be as stupid and impressionable as they can be. To toy with them. To play with them. That they are the lesser than. That's exactly what this movie taught. And it was pretty pathetic.
Now, the fact that it's topping the charts right now for the weekend box office with hitting $155 million worth of tickets just in the opening weekend alone from Thursday to Sunday on more than 4,200 locations in, in movie theaters across the nation, even topping the Super Mario Bros. movie that was the big hit earlier this year, means that this is the woke agenda, the anti-man agenda, the ultra-masculinity that we need to completely oppress agenda that has now topped the box office and is driving people to the movie theaters for their entertainment for the summer. And I'm warning you, I mean, go and watch it and see for yourself how atrocious this movie is, but that's the agenda that has now topped the sound of freedom, that has now topped any type of just pure entertainment with a movie that just trashes men altogether. Now, I get it. This is coming from a guy. So the other side's like, Andy, you're just mad because they just trashing the masculinity that you are. I mean, I get it. That's what they're going to try and say. <laughs> I get it. That's cool. But go and see it. Go and support it. Wear your pink shirts, which there are many adult women there that were wearing pink shirts and pink hats that were hooting and hollering and cheering throughout the entire movie theater the whole time that we watched it. But I'm warning you. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, and you were considering watching this movie a Barbie, uh, I, I question that one. Because even for a PG-13 movie, it was the most repulsive, sickening, grotesque movie I have ever seen in my entire life. I am so glad that Little Voice of Reason is young enough that she didn't quite understand what was going on to use that impressionable-ism to learn how to manipulate men and play men like they teach in this movie. And that she can still have a sense of innocence while she walked away saying that she was able to see Barbie and all the Barbie characters that she has at home. That's what she took away from it. And we're just going to leave it at that. The wokeness is rising. They are fighting back after the sound of freedom and the anti-woke movement that's begun to change America. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to us. Always a pleasure to have you. So we have the culture war that has come to the box office now. It's already been there. It's already been lingering behind the scenes. They've made it more forward over the years, but it is now taking it to another level with the latest big box office hit, a Barbie movie. Where they try to pander and they tease the young children who actually play Barbie by saying, sorry, it's an adult movie, you can't go and see it. They make it an adult movie that's really for teenagers and young adults and for women who want to manipulate men and make in that impressionable time because that's apparently the proper way to do it. And it has to go on hating one side or the other because to hell with men. I'm telling you, the, the vulgarity of some of that on how they tried to portray the men in the movie and the stupidity, just how they're... Um, very beta male. They are, which I get it. I mean, Ken was always kind of the beta male dude, right? He always, he just looked like that college prep dude that needs his butt kicked. So, I mean, I, I guess they played into that, but they played that very well in there. Uh, the soft beta male who, uh, was, uh, having a hard time just being a klutz and a dummy the entire time chasing after Barbie who gave him no sense of, uh, attention in any way, shape or form. And they definitely honed in on that. So we had the culture war for the young children, especially for the young women and young girls across the nation. Then we have on the other side, 
the battle going on based on who's a racist, who's a bigot, who's a closed-minded, yada, 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 who's advocating for violence across the nation. All of it being one lumped up some war against the war on the mind, on how you see the world and reality around you, because obviously the Jason Aldean issue with his song has taken to the national stage as well. Well, now there's the major boycott on CMT. Luke Bryan apparently pulling his music videos off of CMT, saying that they're going to go down as badly as Bud Light has because of them forcefully pulling the music video from Jason Aldean's song. He was performing over the weekend and talking about uh, the attack on him, the cancel culture, where if you don't go along with them, being the testosterone-filled, ultra-masculine type of individuals that country boys are wearing cowboy hats and singing that country music, he says enough is enough and we're not going to take it any longer. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this started happening to us. I love my country, I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. But here's what I want to say. A lot of things out there, and one thing I love, you guys know how it is this day and age, cancel culture is a thing. That's something that if people don't like what you say, they try and make sure that they can cancel you, which means try and ruin your life, ruin everything. One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that could see through a lot of the bull****, alright? I saw country music fans rally like I've never seen before, and it was pretty badass to watch, I gotta say. Thank you guys so much. That was Jason Aldean over the weekend at his concert. Thousands of people at that one. So here comes the question, and it's a reminder for you that where are you going to spend your hard-earned money to support one agenda or the other? And it's frustrating, and it's saddening, and it's ridiculous that we even have to make that decision. But in a divided, segregated economy, not just black, white, or any type of skin color, minority group, non-minority group, racism crap, but it's also now the woke or the anti-woke movement across this nation. Will you support American values, or will you support the ongoing attack on our young children and the brainwashing of them and the canceling of anybody that doesn't go along with a certain particular agenda? This is where it comes down to us spending that money. And I got to be honest, I think the push for the Barbie movie, where they uh, promoted it, their video promotions looked very, very good, very um, generic, very appealing, not even showing really it was a PG-13 movie. I think a lot of Americans who took their kids, who wanted to go see it as a nostalgic purpose for what Barbie stands for and represents, I think they were duped in order for the progressives to say, oh, look, the woke culture is still alive for the radical militant feminists. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Trying to bring awareness to the crazy culture war that we're in across the nation. It makes your head hurt just a little bit. Watch the movie, don't watch the movie, but I have given you my two cents of it. And man, it hurts just a little bit. 
That's what it's all about. Hey, want to let you know, Americans for Prosperity, they are uh, officially launching a massive nationwide campaign throughout the summer doing the fact-checking on the Biden economy. Now, Joe Biden's out there right now uh, taking hold. If you remember, Democrats start, or Republicans started the claim of Bidenomics, how bad the economy was under Joe Biden. Biden is, for some reason, because he's not quite smart enough to understand it, know what's going on, kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, I agree, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> like, that's kind of the mentality. He's So now he's campaigning on Bidenomics after Republicans were like, yeah, this is Bidenomics. Welcome to it, the high gas prices, food's up 40%. The, and a, and a, uh, utilities and energy is up, whatever it is, 20, 30, 40 percent. Gas prices are ridiculous right now. Inflation overall over the past three years is at like 15 to 20 percent. Uh, so he's going out there campaigning about how great the economy is. And we need to let people know otherwise. That's why Americans are prosperity. They're doing a nationwide campaign right now, letting people know about the real Bidenomics by doing the fact-checking, which you can find online at americansforprosperity.org, and you can see all the fact-checking information out there right now as they want you to know what's really going on with the brutal, honest Bidenomics and what's happening right now through his bad economic policy. To help out with the movement, to do what you can, Make sure to go to the website, americansforprosperity.org. You can get the information simply just to go and spread it to your family and friends. You can help out with the campaign to let people know through phone calls and door knocking. You can financially support support the movement to do the fact-checking, the real fact-checking, to where we can call them out on the shenanigans that they are. You are fake news. And you can all online at americansforprosperity.org. Again, americansforprosperity.org, trying to reignite the American dream. All right, over the weekend during our syndicated program, we sat down with one of our favorite guests on the program, Lance Izumai, as he talked about the reversal of affirmative action from the Supreme Court of the United States. And during the program, this is what he had to say. Lance, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. It's always a real pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, it's so good to have you on. I appreciate you very much. What a wild, I mean, this, the Supreme Court the last couple of years has been dropping some big bombshells that I don't think a lot of people expected. The fact that we're reversing affirmative action that's been around for a couple decades now, that's a huge hit for some on the other side in education, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge, huge hit. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was uh, unexpected, at least in some quarters, uh, because the Supreme Court had for years, as you mentioned, been vacillating on this issue of race-based preferences. And so the Supreme Court, basically, you, if you read the previous decisions, you knew that they thought it was wrong, but they couldn't bring themselves to say that it was unconstitutional. Well, finally, finally, the Supreme Court uh, handed down a 6-3 decision in this recent case involving Harvard University and uh, University of North Carolina saying that uh, race-based preferences are unconstitutional based upon the 14th Amendment uh, Equal Protection Clause, that when you separate uh, people by race and admit them at different rates by race, then uh, you are violating the equal protection of those who are not being admitted. And I think that one of the key things that uh, your listeners should know about this this particular ruling is that the mainstream media has been trying to portray this as a white versus black issue. And really, that's not uh, the truth, because the plaintiffs in the case were actually Asian Americans. They were the ones who were uh, being uh, discriminated against by Harvard University and UNC uh, the most, uh, because they had the highest academic index, which is the uh, combination of SAT and GPAs, and yet were being admitted at the lowest rates of any of the racial groups, because uh, they didn't fit that racial narrative in the demographics that uh, the higher education institutions wanted to promote. 
Sometimes men feel angry or overwhelmed. So at mantherapy.org, men can deal with life's issues using tools like a aromantherapy. Dim the lights, make yourself comfortable, and heat up some essential oils like the ones that emanate from a skillet of sizzling bacon. Now, take a deep breath. Mantherapy.org. Therapy the way a man does it. Yeah, I had read a story a couple weeks ago, I think, and they had talked about an Asian student who had a obviously a massive GP, a, 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 a massive test scores uh, for the ACTs, SATs, whatever test that they took. They were applying to try and get into some of the elite universities, got denied by six of them because they had already filled their quota for the Asian population. They were looking for women or they were looking for the black community or looking for whatever. How in the world... Can you be at the top of your game, possibly one of the smart individuals that could have a breakthrough of technology or innovation in some way, shape, or form, and yet you get denied because our system says, sorry, we have enough of your kind. We don't need you any longer. To me, that is the blatant definition of racism, isn't it? That's absolutely right. There couldn't be anything more uh, clear-cut than that type of racial discrimination. And if you look at uh, Harvard's own statistics, if uh, Asians were admitted uh, purely based upon uh, academic uh, measures such as SAT and uh, uh, GPAs, they would represent about 43% of the Harvard entering class. And yet, uh, because uh, what was more important for Harvard was to have basic, basically racial balancing in their entering class, uh, Asians were at less than half of that didn't usually break the 20% mark. There was a glass ceiling for Asians. And, uh, you know, if you took actually, uh, and this is, this is the thing that's really shocking, see if you took an average applicant to Harvard, uh, a male applicant, not disadvantaged, number of other characteristics, and you made that person Asian, that person had about a 25% chance of getting into Harvard. If you made that person white, about a 36% chance. If you made that person Hispanic, they had a 77% chance of getting into Harvard. And if you made that person African-American, that person had a 95% chance of getting into Harvard, basically four times uh, the amount of the uh, chance of uh, Asian-American getting in, even though the Asian-American had the higher academic qualifications. And the reason is that Harvard can do that is because they used personality traits to also rate uh, their candidates for admission, and they, um, including like uh, friendliness and uh, courage, integrity, kindness, a bunch of other types of traits, and they always rated Asians at the bottom in all of those traits and raised the, um, uh, uh, the chances of other races by giving them higher marks. And so that's why uh, Chief Justice Roberts, in his uh, majority opinion in this case, said that that is the epitome, basically, of stereotyping, that you're uh, attributing all these negative uh, uh, images to one race because of their race. And so, therefore, the 14th Amendment says you, when you eliminate racial discrimination, you have to eliminate all of it. What a wild concept looking at discrimination here. Let's let's unveil the layer of the onion a little bit deeper. Uh, we talk a lot about K through 12 education, the public education system. Do you think affirmative action is the cover up or the deflection, the distraction that the uh, progressives, that the liberals, that the Democrats have used to try and hype up certain minority groups to go into these institutions in higher education? And ignore the fact that we're looking at instead just we need to look at who's qualified and who's the best at actually coming in. And the fact they're like, well, there's not as many opportunities for those maybe in inner city schools or Hispanic schools or black schools or whatever. 
realizing that the vast majority of taxpayer money is actually going towards those inner city schools in a state's education fund and from the Department of Education, that this whole affirmative action is nothing more than the scapegoat to cover up the failure of the public education system that they're currently running. I couldn't have said it better, and that's absolutely true. Um, with race preferences in admissions, in colleges, what you're trying to do is you're trying to solve the problem at the wrong end of the pipeline. You're trying to solve that problem at the end of the pipeline uh, where all the kids are already coming out of the K-12 system. And yet, if you look at the test scores, uh, for example, national test scores, you find that uh, African-American and Hispanic students, unfortunately, you know, score uh, less than 2 out of 10 uh, of them in both uh, racial groups score proficient on reading and mathematics. Uh, in the fourth and eighth grade. And so you have huge swaths of, uh, of African Americans and Hispanics who are not scoring proficient in the basic subjects. And, uh, and what that means is that by the time they get into high school, well, they're not going to be in the position, unfortunately, and oftentimes through no fault of their own, they're not going to be in the position to be able to take the college preparatory courses that are necessary in order to get into colleges. In fact, the University of California, one of the most liberal uh, systems in the country here in my own home state of California, the University of California has admitted that the reason why you see such low numbers of Hispanics and African Americans who are eligible for the colleges is not because of uh, any kind of systemic racism. It's because of systemic failure on the part of the uh, K-12 system to prepare these kids and their failure then to take the required college prep classes. And so that's what's the problem. The real thing that we need to do going forward is not to try and uh, change the uh, systems around the edges uh, in admissions to try and keep the racial balancing that the universities want. The real thing, uh, the real uh, uh, solution is to pressure the K-12 system that is sending them a failed pipeline. Yeah, it really reinforces the idea that we talk about economically is that we want equal opportunity for everyone, not equal outcome. And with the equal opportunity, making sure that the public education system is running to give everybody a great opportunity and a great education for good test scores and for a good graduation rate, which begs the question in about the minute before we have to take a break here, Lance, is where the heck is all that money going if they're getting all the money and yet the test scores stink and the graduation rates are low? What, what are they doing with that money? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is going into areas that uh, have absolutely no uh, connection between uh, improving student performance and the money that's being spent. I think a lot of it is going into social justice programs now, especially. I think that's what you're seeing. I think a lot of it's going into administration. There's a lot of money going into areas that have no connection with improving those proficiency rates that I mentioned earlier amongst these uh, underrepresented minority groups. And, you know, for all that money, you can have the highest uh, per-pupil spending, but if, it, if you're not putting it to where you're getting bang for the buck, unfortunately, those kids are going to continue to suffer. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out last segment. Right around the corner here, man. It goes by way too fast. Way too fast. That again was Lance Azumai. We sat down with him for our syndicated program over the weekend. He's with the Pacific Research Institute. The repealing of affirmative action 
getting rid of the wokeness, the racism, the bigotry the left has instilled into society and then saying there's systematic racism. Yeah, because they created it and they have since the very beginning. And we are shattering that one thing at a time, which is why it really makes sense why they're lashing out right now, why they're just creating all this wokeness. They're trying to drive it into our young generation. So that way they don't know another world without it. But remember, the pendulum swings and the younger generation see what's going on with my generation, the millennials, and they're like, wow, you guys are messed up. Wow, you guys are nuts. I don't want to be part of that. We're going to shift gears here and we're going to go a different direction because you guys, I'm sorry, but... Don't act like you're not impressed. Yeah, you know, that's our generation right there trying to <laughs> stand up for our lunacy across the board. Hey, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, there's some interesting news out there. First off, I've been holding on to this for like three days. So can I please, can we just go down this road for Weird a second? news of the day. Yeah. Did you see the headline? This is from the Daily Star uh, out of the UK that a U.S. Marine who had seen multiple UFOs with the ongoing little bit of trickling, the breadcrumbs, the leaking from the government trying to let you know, hey, there's something here. We just don't want you to burst your bubble and, you know, have to have mass panic in the, in the streets. They're slowly leaking out more information from the UFO encounters. And USO, a U.S. Marine says that he was exposed to numerous different UFO encounters while he was in the Marines. And that now with him trying to come public with the story that he's being threatened by, quote, men in black. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, of course, the movie that was based on Men in Black with Will uh, Will Smith. But there is, for those that are into this stuff at all, there actually is a society that's men in black where people know that once you have a massive UFO sighting, these people just randomly show up. We have no clue who they are, where they're from, who they associate with. They get your stuff, and then they try to tell you not to tell anybody. And apparently this dude now being a, a U.S. Marine Corps rifleman a Michael Herrera, says that his house is being regularly buzzed by unmarked helicopters and think they're in connection to the black-clad soldiers that threatened his life in Indonesia, the men in black, trying to bully him into not talking about the UFOs and the weird news of the day. Weird news of the day. There you go. Other bit of fun news for you as we go off into the sunset for the afternoon here is while we look at the presidential races, there is a mass movement right now to try and dethrone Donald Trump and get him out of the top uh, polling position for the Republican presidential primaries. Here's the fascinating part. Vivek Ramaswamy, we've had actually one of his uh, consultants on the program as Kathy Barnett. We'll get her back on again soon. He is now officially tied with Ron DeSantis in... The state of Florida. Oh, man. Ron DeSantis was supposed to be the uh, golden child to take over, and Donald Trump was going to fall and collapse terribly, and Ron DeSantis was going to rise to the top and be that next Republican conservative that was going to uh, hold that mantle and try and take us away from the Trump era. But now, apparently, in the latest poll, according to townhall.com, he is neck and neck with Vivek Ramaswamy, who nobody thought would have a chance. But now is rising in the polls and is matching DeSantis in his own state. Now, Trump still dominating the polls uh, with that one, with uh, Donald Trump still having close to 60 to 70 percent of the support among Republicans in numerous different states. Mitt Romney has come out with a poll now saying as well that if we're going to get rid of Donald Trump in the race, we need to eliminate some of the presidential candidates. And he makes the claim that he essentially polled a John McCain back in the 2016 election where the only reason John McCain got the nomination was because the Republican votes were split in so many different directions that he was able to squeak in through the middle and take over that nomination, which is what happened to John McCain. 
And Mitt Romney remembers that because <laughs> he was part of that. John, uh, Mitt Romney was unfortunately the most conservative candidate that we had really in 20, uh, whenever that was, 2008. And uh, while that one was being split between Romney and Mike Huckabee, John McCain was the one that was able to weasel himself in there and be the moderate hack Republican candidate that we had in 2008. He recognizes that now and thinks that that's how Donald Trump was able to get the nomination with the 12-plus candidates in 2016 and does not want that to happen again in his opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal. Donors don't fund a Trump plurality. Splitting everybody apart and letting Donald Trump run away with that nomination again with Donald Trump relishing, according to Mitt Romney, in the fact that there are so many candidates running that he can unite his sect to run away with the primary problem is while that seems like a legitimate ish idea he still has support of three quarters of the republican party so all the squabbling and the splitting of the votes among the other however many candidates there are is not because he's uniting a small sect but because a very large portion of the party still wants trump to be the nominee back at it again tomorrow for a tuesday this is the voice reason we'll see you on the radio